Welcome to Derive the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He is infuriated over last night's results in the Buccaneers versus Bills game, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man, the people in the room, welcome in to Ride the Line. Grant, you know who's riding this morning? Big Baker Mayfield. Yep, Baker Mayfield's riding. Look, I'm happy for my guy, Tanner. He gave out that awesome prop bet, plus 200 Mike Evans touchdown, cashes right at the end of the game. But, Tanner, we got to talk about it. I'm not going to say this game is rigged because those were penalties, but so many penalties on that final drive on fourth down, just conversions. There was no way the Bucs should have covered that game. That should have been an easy Bills cover, and ultimately it was not. And I've messed up a few primetime picks in a row, and I'm getting very irritated now. Well, I will say this. The Bills should have covered yesterday, but the Buccaneers' play calling strategy, I think if they do come out and throw the ball on first down instead of sticking Baker in third and eight every single time, they have a better night than they did. The defense played pretty well for the Buccaneers, as good as they were capable of playing. They tightened up around the red zone, um, and Baker was good enough to win. Like, Baker is not good enough to win, but Baker's... Baker's a fighter. Like he's going to keep fighting until the end. He made some really good plays yesterday. I agree the Bills should have covered, but those were all penalties down the stretch at least. Josh Allen by the way, that I mean some of the throws that like he was good overall, but early on, I was watching some of the throws like what has happened to this guy? No, nah, he he then that's as good as the Bills are going to look. Like last night was kind of peak Bills, I think. That's what you're going to get. And if you take a good team against that Bills team last night, you're going to get smacked. Yeah, absolutely. If you're making a hierarchy in the AFC, I mean, you've got to have you've got to have Chiefs, Ravens, Jaguars probably ahead of them. Um, who else? The Dolphins you probably put ahead of them. Bills probably maybe fighting for that five spot. I don't, does that sound right? Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, the Bills just didn't look good. They haven't looked good. I mean, they looked as good as you're going to look last night. That Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is not good. Like they should have dominated. They shouldn't have even. It shouldn't have been a six point game. And if Chris Godwin gets his head around at the end. There's a chance the Buccaneers actually win that game. Yeah, that was the craziest part. The, that, the craziest part was that the Buccaneers could have won that game. It, it's not unrealistic Chris Godwin catches that ball. No, the entire game. I mean, it was a 14-point game in the second half, in the fourth quarter specifically. Like, If the Buccaneers would have put a touchdown drive together, one drive before they did, or a little quicker than they did, it's a different game. Uh, so I think the Bills was probably the right side. The Buccaneers ended up covering, but... Tampa Bay also was terrible because they just ran the ball in first and second down, got stuffed, and put Baker in third and eight the entire second half. And, and I will say the the firing of Byron Leftwich when it happened, I said that was very scapegoaty. I didn't like it. I, things don't look better than the now. Like the offensive play calling's been unimaginative for a while now. There's no creativity. I just I I don't see. I don't see progression. I don't see where this team can go. You know, I don't think there's another another level they can get to. I think they're just kind of stuck where they are. It's kind of a rebuild now. Like Mike Evans doesn't want to be there either. He wasn't even in the game when he needed to be in the game down the stretch. He was going every three plays. I'm lucky he caught the touchdown that bounced off the helmet. But he was he was lazy last night. He didn't want to play football. Chris Godwin wanted to play, but it just the, the offensive play calling is terrible. 
I know that the Chiefs don't usually do this, but I would like to see them put some capital into trading for Mike Evans. I that think that make, can make a world of difference for them. That would make them dangerous. That would make them because now you because Travis Kelsey is your only legitimate receiving threat there. Like everyone yeah. else is good, but it's because they're focusing on Travis Kelsey. Right. And he's 33 years old. And, you know, I mean, he's only missed two games in his professional career, but one of them was this season. And he he had the knee problem. He had the ankle thing. It, it would be nice to get somebody else in there. No, definitely. Mike Evans would make a huge difference for them. But anyways, that was Thursday Night Football. We're breaking down the weekend NFL slate, plus a couple bonus picks for Friday night. Grant's got a banger that I tailed in the NBA, so a lot of pressure on him to hit. I got an MLB pick tonight, and then we got a couple NFL picks for the weekend. Before we get into that, make sure you smash the subscribe button, like, share, do it all. We're giving you guys winners. Mike Evans, anytime touchdown, plus 195. I'm giving that away for free on a show. So make sure you show up and smash that subscribe button. Grant, let's start with the Friday pick. So hit us with Wemby here. Oh, we're going with the bonus pick first. Okay. So yes, this is for all the NBA betters out there. And for people that are looking to dive right into the action, this is the NFL show, but that's on Sunday. We want to talk Friday picks. My favorite one that Tanner has said that he is tailing using a little bit of a profit boost on shout out to FanDuel. It's Victor Wembanyama over 24 and a half points plus rebounds. Now, Wemby had 15 points, five rebounds in his NBA debut, but he only played 23 minutes, which if you can do simple math is less than 50% of the game. Now, part of that was because Greg Popovich is going to keep, take it easy on him. It's, it's a young kid and one who's very tall. Normally tall people don't have long careers, so they want to ease him into the workload. But he did miss a lot of minutes in the fourth quarter because he was in foul trouble. He had five fouls. I think that he should be playing, you know, about 20 to 30 minutes, maybe even more than that. So automatically we should see an increase in his production if he avoids those those silly fouls. Honestly, a lot of them were just kind of unnecessary. And the refs called him for some ticky tack stuff, too. So Wemby, stay out of foul trouble. You can stay in this game. You can get more points and rebounds. But just going down to the style of this game. The only reason the Spurs were able to make that charge late in the game against the Mavericks was because Wemby scored nine points, I think in four or five straight possessions. And then in the final three minutes of the game, he basically didn't touch the ball. They didn't really feature him in the offense, and the other Spurs players on the court didn't look for him. I think they're going to be watching film study saying, hey, we should uh, get our best player on the team, the basketball. That, that, that makes sense, especially when he's got the hot hand. So I think they will be looking for him more. And then most importantly, I mean, the rebounding aspect of this prop I don't know if I want to bet it alone as a you know I don't want to go just rebounds but the combination of points and rebounds means if either one of them does well this prop will most likely hit and the Spurs are playing the Houston Rockets who are just a terrible shooting team I mean you've got Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith. Th those, that's a lot of bricks that are coming up. Those Rockets shot 40.5% from the floor in their opener. I don't expect that to improve very much. So again, Wemby's got an opportunity to score a lot, and he's got an opportunity to grab a lot of rebounds. So over 24.5 rebounds plus points, that is my prop for today. What's the split going to be, like 18 and 18 and 8? Um, you know what, Tanner? I, I love that. 18 and 8. That's where we're going. 18 and 8, I think, is a good target for Wemby. All right. 18 and 8 is doable. I'm tailing that pick. Use the FanDuel profit boost. Shout out to FanDuel. If you want to get any of the bonus bets and bonus promos that WSN offers with all these books, make sure you check out the site, which is linked in the description below. I'm taking the Rangers tonight on the money line here. 
it is a little heavy juice. You could take them run line as well for plus money here. But again, FanDuel, another profit boost tonight for the World Series game. So I'm playing the money line there. And then we'll sprinkle the run line as well with a separate bet. Uh, but Nathan Evaldi's on the mound. He has been sensational in the postseason thus far. Uh, in four, uh, four, He's made four playoff starts so far. He's got over five and a half strikeouts as well in three games. So I really do like him to go over his strikeout number. The Arizona Diamondbacks are good they're playing well right now but i think we're going to see a similar result to that first game of the nlcs with them where they just didn't really show up i think texas has the momentum they're at home nathan Ivaldi is going to deliver a gem tonight and they're going to continue to hit for arizona zach gallons on the mound he's been getting lit up at it lit up in the postseason in general but really lit up on the road especially so i expect texas to hit them to get the win in game one not saying arizona can't win the series but i think it's going to be very hard for them to pick up a win over the next two days you know, it's funny with all the effort the MLB has put into growing the popularity and, and the watchability of the sport, we get the Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. I don't think that's the the matchup they were hoping for. It's terrible. Like I have no idea. I didn't get a profit boost now. I wouldn't even be watching it. Like that's kind of just kind of just where we're at. And honestly, I have more interest in Wempanyama now because it's a it's higher money. Are we going we agree we're going Rangers here, right? Rangers for the series. So I, I said I on Vison last night I was like you could take it two different ways. You could take the the Rangers to win the series minus 174. I don't want to do that. I lost enough money laying the heavy juice with them. So I would say like sprinkle Cattell Marte to win the MVP because he's plus 800. And if the Dimebacks win, it's probably going to be because of Cattell Marte based on what he's done the postseason. So that was my take. I do think the Rangers win the series though. I wouldn't want to bet minus 175 though. Yeah, I wouldn't bet the series price. I'm just talking more. We, we, we're both in the same camp. We think the Rangers will win this this World Series. They should. The Dimebacks aren't that good of a team. Like, they are not. They If the if the if Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, and Turner didn't go one for 28 or whatever the hell it was in game six and seven, the Phillies win that series. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's get on over into the NFL picks. This is what the title of the show is. This is what the people came here for, although that was a good little segment. I'm going to start us off here. I'm going to go, well, actually, we both got the same game here, but we're going to take it in two different directions. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you should wait to see if you can grab this for plus three before kickoff, and if it drops to plus two, you know, the difference between plus two and a half, plus two doesn't matter a whole lot. You don't see a lot of games decided by two point differentials. But if you do wait out and you can't get it for plus three, it means you can push on a field goal and that would be pretty valuable. But you know what? If the line doesn't move and it stays at that two and a half, I'm still like the Steelers, mostly because of Mike Tomlin. In his professional career, he is 55, 28, and three against the spread as an underdog. That is a cover rate of 65.7%. So nearly two out of three times he's an underdog, he is going to cover. Now he's a home underdog. Didn't have a bye week last week, but he did have one the week before, and it looked like they changed some things in the offense, gave him, added a little more verticality. Uh, Kenny Pickett pushing the ball down the field a little bit more, so that's been good to see. We know that defense is absolutely incredible, and they are getting a Jaguars team that has won four games in a row, but the Jags aren't necessarily amazing at anything. They're ninth in scoring offense, 16th in scoring defense. They forced some turnovers, but they've also got some weaknesses. We, we talked about on the show how even though the running game – scores and we don't really look at Travis Etienne as like a dominant guy on the ground Trevor Lawrence hasn't been money with the overs on his passing props I think this is a spot where you just kind of blind hill Tomlin you have faith in the Steelers defense especially at home as dogs and like them with the points 
So I would probably be on the opposite side of it, but that's not the play I'm taking. Like you look at the Steelers statistically, they really haven't been that good on defense besides forcing turnovers and defensive touchdowns, which means a lot. But if the Jaguars just don't turn the ball over, I think they can win the game. But the play that I'm going with is Trevor Lawrence over 17 and a half rushing yards. He had 59 last week against the Saints, all on scrambles. These teams play man coverage against him. They turn their backs and he just takes off. He's actually gone over this in five of seven games. So 21-26, he missed against the Texans. He had 42 against the Falcons, 31 against the Bills, 15 against the Colts. Now have a great rushing game there and then 59 against Saints. So he's been really good running the football uh it's been with some designed runs a lot more scrambles i think the pittsburgh steelers front seven is going to be in his face a lot i think they're going to put pressure on him that's how they force their turnovers and if he can find a lane to take off he's going to do it he can realistically hit this with a couple of carries he's had uh, a few long carries of 20 yards this year as well so the chance he could do it in one um, but i like this play for trevor lawrence I'm a huge proponent of taking the over on rushing yards for quarterbacks going against defenses that are live in the backfield. So when you got TJ Watt and the whole crew over there, I think that's a good play, Tanner. I like that one. Definitely. All right, Grant, finish this off here. All right, my second NFL pick and my uh, third and final pick of the show, I'm going to talk about the Houston Texans here. Now, this line is minus three versus the Carolina Panthers, and it makes absolutely no sense. So I, I will say that, for the life of me, I can't figure out why this line isn't heavier. You know, Texans minus five and a half, minus six, something like that. I get they're on the road, sure, but the Panthers have not won a single game this season, and they haven't even covered the spread yet. They're 0-5 and 1 against the spread. You look at the Texans, they're eighth in scoring offense, they're 14th in scoring defense. I was just talking about the Jaguars being ninth and 16th. Well, they're eighth and 14th. So an even more impressive on-paper season than what the Jags have done so far. That's what the statistics would say. D'Amico Ryan, Ryans has completely reinvented this team. They play physically and fast on defense. The offense is explosive, but they can also pound the rock with, with Damian Pierce and those guys in the backfield. This is actually a good team. The Texans are legitimately a good football team going against the worst team in the entire league. And again, I know the Panthers are at home, but there's no way this line should only be three points. So am I scared that this is a, a classic, the odds makers know something you don't and you're missing out on it. Yes, that, that does terrify me, but I can't not take the Texans here. So Texans minus three, that's where I'm going. I like the Texans. I love C.J. Stroud, definitely the best quarterback coming out of school last year. Uh, he's performed very well, and he's better than little Mickey Mouse Bryce Young. Um, okay, next pick, final pick. Last pick of the show. Last pick of the show. Good show today. Minnesota Vikings, money line. Versus the Green Bay Packers, you could take minus one and a half, two. It really doesn't matter. Whatever way you want to play it. I think the Vikings could win this game by a touchdown. Green Bay, very bad against the run. Very, very bad. 143 rushing yards allowed per game. I think Alexander Madison has a pretty big day running the football. They work play action off that with Kirk Cousins. And the Vikings really haven't looked back since losing Justin Jefferson. They've been able to win football games. Um, they beat the Bears on the 15th. They beat the Niners on the 23rd. That was a big win for them. Uh, and then you look at the Green Bay Packers team offensively. I thought they were going to have a day against the Broncos. I thought they were going to play great. But the problem was they didn't. And Jordan Love is not good. Jordan Love's an epic bust. He is the ease a bust of massive proportions. So I am going to go with the Minnesota Vikings here, especially with their defense too. Brian Flores has just been really good to sizing coverages and working blitzes in. I think I think the Packers have a long day here. The Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, without Justin Jefferson, you know, they should have all the reason in the world to be deflated and just give up. 
they out physicaled the San Francisco 49ers in prime time. They, I understand that Brock, they got to Brock Purdy supposedly, you know, after he got the concussion. So you wipe that away. You just look at what happened in the trenches. The Vikings dominated them. And that's something that you should not be saying, but it's a testament to them. And to your point, you know, Justin Jefferson's the best player on that whole team, you know, regardless of position, he is the best player. And they've won a couple of games since he went out and they, Kirk Cousins is playing well. That was maybe Kirk Cousins' best primetime game of his entire career. And when you're looking at the Packers, I was just like you. I thought they were going to win and win big against the Broncos. I, I bet the over. I was all in on them. Jordan Love, in his last four games, has four touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's completing less than 58% of his passes for the entire year. Those are bad college numbers. And I understand that this is his first year, even though he's been in the league for four seasons. But you've got to be better than that. And he started off good. That's the most frustrating part he started off in the first two games six touchdowns no interceptions looks like maybe the Packers had done the right thing sitting him on the bench nope four touchdowns seven interceptions the last four weeks I get the lines close it's a rivalry matchup but I'm with you here I don't see how you can go against the Vikings no not the way they're playing I trust Kirk Cousins a lot more than I do Jordan Love but that was Ride the Line for Friday. Heading in the weekend, heading in strong. Victor Wempanyama, better get going tonight, Grant. It's a big, big pick for you right now. Big pick. Big pick for you as well. Because I tailed I tailed your parlay of the Phillies, uh, whoever it was. The Phillies, what was the other team? Phillies and um Niners. Yeah, and they both lost. So I, so it's a big it's a big night for both of us here because the last one didn't work out. Hey, well that that should I mean that is the fact that that went 0 and 2 is criminal. I mean that's that's just that's criminal, you know. Yeah, Billy. it is what it is though. It's sports gambling. It, it's always a gamble. You got to be willing to take risks. Definitely. It's always it's that's what, it's not hey, it's not it, I mean it's, it's gambling. You, you uh gamblers got to be resilient. Scared money don't make money. Got to keep hammering. That's the model for the weekend. Scare money, don't make money. Guys, you know what to do. If you enjoyed this video, press the like button. Let Tanner and I know in the comment section what your favorite picks for the weekend are. And Tanner, you get us on out of here. That was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We'll see you on Monday for another episode.